or break or one night or on the interwebs, get your ears on for the GMB Fitness Skills Podcast. Over the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to talk about getting better at using your body for the things that actually matter to you. Uh, a little bit of that is strength training, a little bit out of skill training, a little bit of it is just having some damn imagination. All right, so my name is Andy Fawcett, and here with me is Ryan Hurst, our uh, program director and head coach, and we're going to drop the hammer on another kick-ass podcast for you guys right about now. All right, let's do it. Cool. Uh, so today we're going to talk about uh, something that we get a lot of questions about that people seem kind of confused about sometimes is how exactly do body weight training and weight training fit together or do they fit together at all? Are they mutually exclusive? Do you have to choose one or the other? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that and um, we're also going to talk a little bit about snobbery because, hey, who doesn't love snobs, right? You betcha. Right? Cool. All right. So before we get into all that, Ryan, how you doing? I'm great, man. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. All right. Let's get into the questions. Let's do this thing. Let's all right. Let's it. get into the questions then. Let's not waste any time with the formalities. No, no jump right in talk, there. No chit chat. No. Chop chop. That. All right. Hello, this <laughs> Ryan. Question numero uno. Uh, yes, how do you sir. work handstand training into a strength program? How do I work handstand training to strength them? Okay, that's really cool. There's a lot of different ways uh, that you can do this. Um, I just gave an example on Facebook the other day. person had the same question. What you can do is you can break your practice into two different programs. If you have the time. Only if you have the time and the energy. An example would be to um, perform your handstands in the morning. And then in the afternoon, you can do strength training. Another option, though, which will probably fit the majority of people out there, would be to uh, start off just doing your handstand work a couple days a week right before your strength training. So let's say on a, a day that you're performing strength training, you make sure that you have an extra amount of time, maybe, you know, even... 10 to 15 minutes might be might be adequate for you in the very beginning. And you focus on your handstands. I suggest focusing on your handstands first. The reason for that is you want to be fresh and ready to perform the handstand um, in the beginning. Because when you kick upside down, you don't want to fall because you don't have the energy from doing so many overhead presses or whatever the heck you're doing. So make sure that you're fresh. That's why I suggest performing it in the beginning of your workout. Um, in the beginning, just start with a couple days. Let's say like a Monday and a Thursday, you do your handstand training. See how that goes. If you're feeling good, think you can do more, then you can add an extra day. Uh, work up to maybe even being able to do a little bit of handstand training before each of your strength training workouts every single day. That's just a couple examples that you can use. Cool. Uh, excellent. And so then... Let's uh, let's also say um, so. Somebody's working on handstands, hand balancing, and working into uh, strength training like that. Uh, does that affect their recovery? Are there other kinds of stretching they should be doing? I mean, if you're talking about adding ten or fifteen minutes to the beginning of a strength training session, and also you know recovery and stuff, it could be a lot of extra time yes. over yep. the course of a week schedule, especially if they start progressing and doing it every day. So eventually, I mean, are we talking about like an hour and a half, two hours of work every day? Not necessarily, um, and that 
of course, depends on your goal. So are you more interested in getting your handstand or um, does your strength training program take priority? Um, you know, in a perfect world, we'll have a couple hours to spend for everything that we want to do, but I know that that's not realistic. So over the course of time, um, it doesn't necessarily have to increase. So if you start off with just 10 minutes uh, every single day on your handstand work, uh, you can stick with it. The reason why is because as you get better on progressing towards the handstand, you're going to be moving up in levels. For example, starting on the ground and with just your feet on the wall, you're walking your feet up the wall, then uh, facing outward, then finally facing or working on the freestanding handstands. Even just that 10 minutes um, progressing through the levels is going to be enough time for you um, before your strength training. However, um, the key point here is to make sure that it's not killing you when you're doing it. So you do your handstand work, and if you're so tired after your handstand work that it affects your strength training, uh, then you really need to take a step back in your handstand training and and maybe go down a level or figure out a time to do it, let's say maybe on your off day instead of your training day. Let's say you do Monday, Wednesday, Friday strength training. Hey, let's do Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday with your handstands. There's another one for you that will help. And actually, that would be good enough. And over time, we'll get you where you need to go to get the freestanding handstand. Cool. And another thing that you kind of alluded to here is, you know, when you said kind of off the cuff, yeah, it would be great if we all had two hours a day to practice, but realistically, that's not how it is. And I think that's really important because, you know, nobody wants to think of themselves as a person who compromises. Yeah. You know? And especially if you go on to, you know, training forums and stuff, you'll hear people say, oh, don't be a pussy. Making excuses is for losers. Sure, you know, if you sure. really wanted it bad enough, you'd make the time. Well, that's total <laughs> bullshit. You know, the thing is, uh, it does depend on your goals. And, yeah, if, you're, if your primary goal in life is to become an acrobat and a hand balancer and be able to deadlift 600 pounds, well, then, yeah, you're going to have to spend a shitload of time training. Oh, yeah, that's your day right there. That's all you do. Exactly. But, you know, realistically speaking, that's probably not your number one goal in life. You know, paying rent probably comes higher up on the list. And so you're going to have to let your training take a backseat to, you know, your job. Sorry uh, if that's not macho enough for you or if you feel like that's that's weak or if you feel like that's a compromise. But you've just got to be realistic with your life. You need to know that, you know, maybe uh, if you're doing a strength training program and it's taking all you've got, maybe, just maybe, trying to add in more more training on top of that is not the best move. And so you might need to take, if your strength training is going well and you want to take a couple weeks off to focus on your handstand or maybe even a whole month off to focus on your handstand and really work on it, then there's nothing wrong with that either. I, I think the thing is you just really have to know like what's realistic for you and, mm-hmm. and don't judge yourself against, uh, against macho forum cowboy people who are going to say that you should be working out eight hours a day. Yeah. You know, another option, just while you were explaining that, that I thought of is actually making slight changes in your strength training program, getting bigger bang for the buck that allows you more time so that you can focus on your handstand. Um, You know, for example, let's say you're doing four different chest exercises, just throwing that out there. Um, Well, just do two, but hit them harder 
um, that'll give you some extra time to work on the handstand and hey there's just another option for you so yeah absolutely you know if you're trying to add skill work then the the biggest thing that is going to be uh, a stumbling block for for people or a wall that people hit is you know uh, fatigue and I don't mean like in the mythical overtraining sense because I, I do think that it's been pretty thoroughly shown that you can uh, train your body to adapt to more volume but the thing is, when you're trying to learn new skills, the CNS does need to be fresh. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is. So if you're wearing yourself out with, like, drop sets and with a lot of volume and trying to do uh, extra skill-intensive work, that might be difficult. Well, you can still get your, your bang for the buck with the training, but maybe a little less volume. Maybe one fewer set per exercise would give you sure. a little bit more uh, energy and time that you could then incorporate some skill training, and it very it's it's very doubtful that it would really really slow your strength progression all that noticeably much. And hey, doing the handstands might actually help anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. So um, yeah, definitely. There's there's a lot of great options for trying to add handstand work into a strength training program or really any skill. Uh, you just have to make sure that it fits in with what your real goals are and then, you know, try to strike a balance in a way that is that's realistic for you. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So let's talk, you know, uh, I think is a pretty easy transition for this into yeah. how body weight and weight training go together. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of times strength training – we talk about, well, weights are often very, very efficient. Uh, and yes, we're huge proponents of body weight training and recently posted on the uh, Progressive Calisthenics blog at Dragon Door about, you know, some exercises that uh, are, you know, the body weight version can be a lot better for certain goals uh, than the weighted versions. But weights are very efficient at building strength. Putting a barbell on your back and squatting, everyone knows. Uh, it's almost a cliche to even say it now. It's one of the greatest ways to build uh, to build strength and muscle. Yeah, and so with that being said, don't try and think, that, okay, I'm a body weight guy and all I should do is body weight. Mm-hmm. You know, people fall in to this category sometimes of thinking that, okay, I'm doing this and if I do anything else, then I'm going to be a bad person because I've said that I'm a bodyweight guy. I don't, I don't think that anyone needs to do that. Look at your goals. If you really want to pack on some muscle and that was one of your top goals right now, hey, using a barbell or, you know, weights probably be your best bet, you know. If, if you want to focus on skills, though, I'd say um, you want to look at some leg skills, some something you want to do in order to help you move more efficiently on the ground. Then, well, then instead of the barbell squat, uh, certain leg exercises are, are going to be better. So look at your goal and then focus on how to get you towards that goal, whether it be using the barbells or the body weight. Now, some other things regarding uh, weighted training and the body weight uh, training is sometimes it's good to use the dumbbells as, um, I don't want to say supplementation necessarily, but they can actually help shore up some weaknesses that are kind of tough to get with the body weight training. Uh, Shoulder mobility, um, well, shoulder strength is a good one. I use dumbbells 
a lot in order to help me with my shoulder strength. So I still do handstand presses. I do tons of body weight exercises uh, that use my shoulders. Uh, one arm handstand is a good example, but I use the weights in order to keep help or to help me keep my shoulders healthy. Cuban presses. These are something that I use. The weights aren't really heavy at all. They're just more for uh, a prehab, rehab type exercise that I use. So, so weights and body weight, they do work well together as long as you have um, a good goal and that you're working towards that goal. Yeah. I think one of the misconceptions people have is that they think that weight training means you must do the big three. And body weight means you must do whatever body weight routine. But, you know, that's not necessarily true. Um, Just because you're doing squats with a barbell does not mean you also have to do bench press with a barbell. You Mm -hmm. know, you could do you could use rings for all your upper body stuff and uh, barbells for your lower body stuff. You can Mm -hmm. do that. You can do that. And I'm not saying that squats or deadlifts are straight up only lower body exercises. Don't misconstrue that but <laughs> Jesus I can already hear people like screaming like squats work your whole body yes I yeah, know I, I have I have actually about? squatted twice twice I mean I, not just I squatted twice I know alright so you know but the thing is you don't have to just when you try to combine things you don't have to take you know like to use my, my favorite analogy you don't have to take a full plate of lasagna and a full plate of Mongolian beef. You can take a little bit of each. You can take a little bit of each. It, it's fine. It's fine. You know, you can do like one or two weighted exercises, one or two body weight exercises, a couple of ring exercises, and you can put those together in a program that gets really good results for you. Absolutely, but absolutely. Here's the thing. When you're doing that, you have to be responsible for making your damn program and you have to know what you're doing and you have to be able to put the program together in a way that's going to be progressive and work for you. And uh, I hate to say this, but most people just don't have the experience in programming uh, to be able to do that. Yes, you might have read a few blog posts about it, but that's not really enough. You need to see how different exercises affect people. And that's what the utility is of purchasing a program and just following. Following it, And that's why we recommend cycling instead of trying to make some damn Uber program that, you know, doesn't end up working. So, yeah, you can combine these things. And we we think that they can be combined very well by people who know what the hell they're doing. Um, but if you aren't in that particular position, then it's OK to just focus on one type of training at a time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's totally okay to just follow one program that's just body weight or one program that's just weights for a little while and, you know, cycle back through them. That's a great way to do things. Yeah, it's going back to the program aspect of it. It's so tough. You know, if we get an email and people say, I want to use weights and I want to use body weights. Well, I mean, well, that's great, but it doesn't help me to help you at all. Yeah, creating a and, and program. That's, just, that's not yeah. even that's not goal oriented. That's not outcome oriented. That's just saying, you know what? I want a Ferrari and I want a Porsche. Yeah, that's just good I luck want. With that. That's two year old that. level thinking. I want to use weights. Why do you want to use weights? Yeah, or I want to use a specific protocol from this weightlifting world thing and apply it to body weight training. I mean, 
Yeah, whatever, dude. Okay, what's your goal? That's yeah. all I really care about. I and want, I, I want, I want. And it's a you know, horrible, horrible uh, position to base your training on because your wants are mostly based on what advertising has told you to yes, want. Uh, yes. None of us is immune. None of us is immune. Everything we want is because we've been told to want it by somebody. So you know, what, are yep. you really, what are you really trying to achieve? That's what you should base your training decision on. And also, what do you need? So that's that's where a good a good coach and programming comes in. And so, you know, when I'm working with someone, it, it's not just about okay, let's work on let's say, hell, I don't know the front lever. Here's a program you can use. No, no, no. We got to look at where you are right now physically. Also, what kind of lifestyle you have, your job, what's going on with that, injuries. What do we need to do in order to shore up some of these other issues that you have? Then we might use weights um, for the rotator cuffs. We might have to use uh, barbell squats to help you do X or something, you know. But, But wait a minute. You're talking about the front lever. What, where does the, the barbell squat come in? Well, that's just the thing. You know, I'm not saying that you need to have a barbell squat for the front lever, but that particular person that I'm working with might need that. So the wants, the want, what the person wants is great, but you also have to give them what they need. And unfortunately, when we see something and try and program something ourselves, we tend to forget about the need and it's difficult to see that ourselves. So that's where a good coach and a good program comes in because that coach will see not just what you want but also what you need and hopefully be able to give it to you. Yeah. I mean the, the key takeaway here is really to just be be careful of, of giving too much credence to all the things you should be doing, right? Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you go somewhere and you ask for advice on barbell training, you're going to hear about all the things you should be doing. And then if you also ask about body weight training, you'll hear about all the things you should be doing. Yeah. And yeah. most of the people answering that, you know, if a barbell expert says, well, here's a complete program, and then a body weight expert says, well, here's a complete program, they're thinking from their own perspective, and that's not exactly. wrong. It's not wrong. But you have to ask them the question, you know, uh, you know, what are the exercises I should be doing to achieve this goal, given this situation, in this context, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other thing is that, you know, body weight training and barbell training uh, also, you know, there's there's different different focus, right? So barbell training tends to be based on on really there's two main things. One is maximum force production, and the other is uh, maximum hypertrophy and muscle growth. So we you know we're not really in a bodybuilding, but still uh, increasing force production is great, and being able to move more weight uh, more rapidly is great for that. So. That's one thing. But when we're talking about body weight training, if you really look at it, uh, well, the reason that we uh, emphasize it isn't really because we think it's more effective for any particular kind of uh, like building muscle or, or anything like that. It's because we know that it trains skills more directly and has a more direct payoff in terms of movement because body weight exercises move more you know exactly if you're trying to learn how to move better you need to exercise movement you need to train movement it just it should be just so obvious you know and the 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 skills that 
we're practicing that involve balance, that involve uh, agility, that involve uh, inverting your body. Those are things that are stimulating your nervous system and teaching you how to control your body in different ways rather than just pushing in a straight line against gravity all the time. And Mm -hmm. that's really, to us, I think, the biggest utility of the bodyweight training. Yep. You want to be able to move better? Move. That's what you said. That's where it is. And that's what we're about. So... Again, it's not that we're against any form of barbell or weight training at all. It's just that it's what we do. We want to move better and help other people move better, and this is how we do it. Absolutely. GMP, baby. (laughs) And so, you know, that's interesting because we have been pretty – pretty open about saying that, you know, here's a bunch of other people that we like and recommend uh, that do really good stuff. Here's people we're impressed by. Uh, yes, you can use weights or you can do body weight or whatever. But still, uh, not too long ago, I got a message from somebody that's saying that, wow, you guys seem like real snobs about your programs. Like you think you're the only people who know anything or like you you think that wow. this is the only right thing. I'm like, really? Interesting. Well, um, you know what? I think, I think I am a snob about our programs. If you just want to be like hundred percent honest, I'm I'm a total snob, and you know why? Because I know our shit's good. Yeah, yep, right there with you, man. I know our shit is good. It works. It it's great. We put in a shitload of time and effort into making our programs, um, and continuing to yeah. to make them better. And we don't continue just to make, them better. make yeah. we don't just make a thing and and say okay, it's done. You know, <laughs> oh, we've we've filmed all these exercises. Now we're going to be releasing products around them for forever, ever, because <laughs> we filmed them, and so we have to use them now. And you know, nothing's ever going to change in that time. Um, we're we're Possibly snobs about yeah, we're, yeah. We're we're snobs about the fact that we we know what goes into our stuff, and we know that it works, and that we're working on it every day. We're mm-hmm. snobs about that. Because we spend, uh, between the seven people on the GMB team, we spend several hours a day working our asses off on making ourselves better every single day. And does that mean we release updates every day? No. But it means that we do release updates. It means that we, we make things, uh, we explain things better. It means that we, we, we write articles that clarify. We make tutorials that explain ideas better. It means that we answer, answer emails. Answer questions, everything. Yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. And, yeah, I, I can tell you for a fact, nobody, nobody does that with nearly as much attention and, and passion as we do. And so, yeah, I get to be a snob about it because because we work our asses off on it. We pay attention to details. We're not just like putting some stuff out there with some crappy, ugly video and saying, this is how you do a pull-up, you know? (laughs) We put a lot of effort into our stuff, and I think if you look at it, you can tell, you know? We take our videos with, like, really nice equipment and use very expensive software to edit it because... We know it makes a difference in the way that it's it's used and that it makes it easier to follow, uh, you know. And some people say, no, it doesn't matter. It's just the information. But that's bullshit. Mm, I was a yeah, teacher it's... for a long time, and I can tell you for a fact that students learn better from textbooks that are well written. Mm. I mean, it's just how it is. Students learn better from the same textbook 
from a teacher who is entertaining and engaging versus a teacher who just tells them the information. The way you present information is important, and we work really hard on presenting our information in the way that seems to work best for people. So yeah, uh, obviously, if you're listening to this, you can tell that I, I think I deserve to be a snob about that. You're such a snob. I am. Jeez. I am. Because nobody works as hard on this shit. I don't That's care right. who the fuck they are. Nobody works as hard on this shit. Nobody puts as much attention behind their fucking stuff. Preach it, brother. No goddamn body. <laughs> uh, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm a nah, snob. Yeah. And if you don't like that's it, good. that's too bad, you know? If you don't like me being a snob, you can buy some crap. <laughs> All right? That's our new motto. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, but it's going I, up it's on the homepage right now. That's but seriously, good. would you would you want to buy would you want to buy a Swiss watch from a watchmaker who wasn't an absolute snob about the level of craft and detail he put into it? If you went no, to, it's if you went true, to a man. fine watchmaker and it was like, yeah, I put some gears in a box. Have fun. Yeah. It's two thousand dollars. And the box is just this you know brown cardboard thing. You know, you it's not interesting that. at all. No, and it's so true. I mean, looking at videos, I'm constantly, you know, right now on YouTube, looking at videos and and seeing stuff. And sometimes I'm just like, ugh, how the hell can this guy get so many, you know, hits on here? Because a video, you just fall asleep in the first five minutes before they start talking about actually what they want to talk about. So uh, production, you know, it's a huge part of it. It's got to be entertaining and Totally agree with all you're saying there, man. Yeah. So I mean, let's be is, more. Let's be snobs. Yeah, we're snobs. Look, if you if you like getting your hair cut at Supercuts, dude, that's fine. That's fine. You and your fifteen dollar haircut can just be as happy as you want. That's cool. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. For some people, that's totally adequate. But some of us care about craft, and some of us want to go and get our haircut and have a pleasant experience and drink a beer while we chit-chat with a very attractive young lady who is massaging us and making us feel like a million bucks. I pay a lot more for my haircut than $15, as you can tell, right? <laughs> it's, and here's the thing. My hair doesn't look all that great. I know. That's fine. But I feel a lot better out of it. I feel like I'm getting more out of it, and... Uh, here's the great thing about an expensive haircut uh, I, I don't know about where you get your haircut But I can go back two or three times Between major haircuts And get a trim for free Wow, that's pretty awesome It's like awesome. getting five haircuts for the price of one That's pretty awesome Yeah, I go back you in know, a couple weeks and get a trim I don't get charged for it But that's what else. you get with something that's quality That's craftsmanship Yeah, exactly, and you know what you're going to be getting too, And, that, and that's a big thing so, you know, you you come to the GMB YouTube page, you know you're going to be getting good quality. It's not just something we just threw up there, um, you know, oh, here's something, enjoy, blah. You know, it's it's that full experience. And everywhere you go, if you a quality experience, that's what it is. Getting a haircut, it, it reminds me, I obviously don't get my haircut anymore, but um, I remember going to a place where you sit down, they remember exactly what you drank last time you were there. For example, coffee, if you had a coffee, they remember if it was black, how much, what kind of coffee, whether you wanted it, you know, a weak coffee, strong coffee, whatnot. Little things like that make the experience more enjoyable. And hey, you feel better going out of there. So, yeah. And so, yeah, that's the thing. Um, I, I think that anybody, anybody who is giving advice in any form needs to be a snob about their advice to an extent. 
I mean, that's mm-hmm. not to say that you should put down other people. It's not to say that you should be an asshole. That's a whole different thing. But being a snob is just having the pride in your experience and the results that your advice gets and knowing that it works and just fucking yes. believing in yeah. it. And, yeah, you should yeah. be a little bit of a snob about it. And if people belittle your advice and if people say, oh, well, you know, um, uh, I might just not listen to that. Well, you know, you're totally justified in just saying, okay, well, that's cool. You know, I, I don't feel like I need to go out of my help to help you then. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just the way it is. Anybody anybody who doesn't have a certain level of snobbishness uh, shouldn't be giving advice because they don't know enough about what they're doing to really, really believe in it. Exactly, yeah. So That's good, man. Yeah. So, I mean, my advice is, yeah, um, you know, notice if somebody's an asshole. You know, if, if people are, are dicks to other people and putting other people down, that's not cool. That's not nice. You know, because there's a lot of different ways to do stuff. You know, we point out lots of other ways besides GMB to do a lot of things. Uh, there are plenty of great coaches out there. But mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. should always look for somebody who's got passion about what they're teaching. So a teacher with no passion is is just a hack. You can't trust yep. that person. So always look for passion. Always look for for somebody who who really gives a shit because that's the kind of coach who's going to be invested in your success. <sighs> Nothing to add. That was beautiful. I think I need a cigarette now. All right, let's take a moment. Let's take a moment. <laughs> Can we snuggle? Can we snuggle? <laughs> Oh boy! All right. Oh boy! Well, oh boy! Hey, that was pretty good, listening. man. I think uh, we covered some good stuff today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, anything else to add there? No, nope, no. Nope. I think I you think pretty much good. covered it all. Yep. I uh, I'm going to go wipe off with a wet rag and uh, <laughs> take a nap. All right. So thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with all your friends uh, and rate us on iTunes and. Hey, thanks for being part of the posse. It really means a lot. Thank you. Talk to you next time.